Yeah, it's Sedano Show here on ESPN LA. Thompson Trudell in with me. Rachel Nichols going to join us in a second. We've had a packed show today. Woj was in studio for like 20 minutes. Jackie McMullen was here for half an hour. Uh, make sure you buy her book, Basketball, A Love Story. It's already on sale right now on Amazon. Uh, she's got all the legends in the book. Uh, Kobe, LeBron, Magic, Bill Russell, Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, Coach K. I mean, it is a who's who of basketball royalty in Jackie's book. So make sure you check, you buy it, check it out for yourself. Basketball, a love story. Uh, we thank her for hanging out with us here for about half an hour. And now Rachel Nichols, uh, joins us here, uh, on ESPN LA. So Rachel, uh, hosts the jump. Does a phenomenal job each and every day. And today, I've never been more proud uh, of you, Rachel, for what you uh-huh. did today. Jackie and I were talking about it. Like, you were textbook. If you want to learn <laughs> how to be a journalist, today was the day. That was like a lesson today with you well, and Mark. I learned Mar- from Jackie, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're all in good hands. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was just unbelievable television to watch it. Um, so you're in there with Mark Cuban. Obviously, the news uh, dropped today. Uh, mm-hmm. that the Mavericks have been fined $10 million. Well, they've been fined, and then they're going to donate $10 million uh, towards causes for women who have been ab- uh, abused or involved in domestic violence. Um, but there were a lot of questions that needed to be asked mm-hmm. of Mark Cuban. Um, how did you feel um, he dealt with the questions, the tough questions that you asked him today? You know, uh, look, the most important things to me as just, sort of somebody who respects and likes the NBA as a woman who goes to work every day in an office. Um, these You have tens of thousands of NBA employees, right? Um, you're going to have bad actors in there sometimes. That's just how it works. ESPN has a well-detailed history of people who have done things that we don't want them to be doing. This happens everywhere. You can't eliminate that. Or, or you know, I haven't seen the place that's been able to do it. But what you want as a woman who experiences these kinds of things is for the place you work to treat that as if it is the wrong thing to do. You don't want to reward those people. You don't want to let it slide. You don't want to tell the women involved, hey, you can't take a joke or it's sports, honey, or, you know, anything else, because the truth is it's not really about sex. It's not really about jokes. It's about power. It's always about that, and it's always about sort of people exerting their will over other people. And I think what happened in the Mavericks for such a long time was that women in that office were told they didn't matter. And they were told they didn't matter by the behavior that was allowed to get go on. They were told they didn't matter from the top down, from the president and CEO of the company, which is not Mark, but the person right under him, who for 15 years, Mark owned the company, and the five years before that was one of the worst abusers of all of them. And frankly, even just the salary structure and the way the Mavericks office was staffed, just the beginning of this year, so not years ago, but in 2018, in January of 2018, 70% of the staff in that office, and this is just the business side, not the basketball people, 70% were men, 30% were women, and when you get talk about executives, no women executives who would be in like the big meetings or anything like that, zero, zero people of color of any gender. You are telling everyone, hey, the women just don't matter that much. And for Mark Cuban to get up there and say, okay, I get it, this is real, this isn't just people, you know, just not having a sense of humor. This is really bad. I'm really sorry. I really messed up. I really want to change, and in fact, I've already done X, Y, and Z to change. Those were the things that were really important for me that he said. He said all of them. He said it a lot. Now, there were other answers to questions about his past behavior. 
I wasn't so crazy about. I didn't love his answers on sort of why he acted the way he acted. But I already knew that he acted poorly. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things where the things I most wanted to hear, he said. And the stuff that I was disappointed in, I, frankly, I was already disappointed. So I didn't expect much different. Rachel, I'm surprised that the NBA did not suspend him for a significant amount of games for allowing this atmosphere to fester in his company. Are you? Um, I'm not. I, I, I kind of, you know, I said this on the show today. If they had been harsher, I certainly wouldn't have complained about it. You know, I think, I think there might have been some value in that. But I also kind of see both sides of it. Um, Mark Cuban is worth $3 billion, right? So I, I don't know if it had been $20 million instead of $10 million, would, would that have mattered? Um, he's suspended for 10 games or two weeks or whatever. I, I'm not, I don't know if that would have mattered to him. So what you're really talking about is, is that a deterrent, right, for other owners or, or everything? And, and I think the NBA kind of wanted to send a message both ways. On the one hand, I think Cuban has been thoroughly embarrassed by all this. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And the report and the statement that they issued today pulled no punches. Unlike so many of the sports leagues we've seen, they didn't backtrack. They didn't try to cover anyone's tracks. They didn't try to protect the owner. They didn't call the women liars. They didn't call them the accusers. They called them credible witnesses. The way they talked about them, the way they talked about Mark. So, so there's been that. They obviously are, are this money um, is going to go to a good cause. And, and they have come into his organization and basically just thoroughly revamped the organization. I mean, coming into ESPN's place of business and just thoroughly revamping who's in charge and who heads all the departments is something that we would consider a pretty major change. And that's what happened with the Mavericks. All of that being said, Mark did the moment the Sports Illustrated article come out. He apologized immediately. He took responsibility. He didn't point fingers at the victims. Then when the NBA launched its investigation, Mark opened every book to them, made every employee available, even things he wasn't legally required to do. He was contrite right away. He was cooperative right away. And again, kind of what I said off the top about how part of what's so important, I think, to a lot of women is sort of the recognition that, that this is that this is a big deal and that it's real and that, it, that it's so limiting and, and dehumanizing. He did all of that right away. And I think there's a little bit of a message to be sent by the NBA to the other owners in that, too. That has to be worth something, right? It, it, it has to matter because if you make that not matter, that he did all that stuff, well, then where's the incentive to do it? And, and I would say, gee, being a good person, but we all know that that's really little incentive for anyone to do anything in sports. Hey, Rachel, Mike Trudell here. I wanted to echo what George said about the interview, and I'm sure they're already going to show it at Medill uh, as to how to conduct one. And, and just also the fact that you got it the day of this came out. It showed that you had to be on top of this and tracking yes. it and, fi- and setting it up and your producers and such. You deserve, uh, deserve some credit for that. I listened to it driving in, and I'm just wondering, for somebody that might have listened to the podcast and they didn't catch the jump, which, of course, uh, I know you tweeted the link out to if they want to watch it, what mm-hmm. would somebody miss just kind of watching what body language and what was Mark like before you went on and after? Did you learn anything different uh, that that didn't quite come across if you just listened to it? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I will say before we went on camera, I did what I do with, with everybody I interview. You know, I don't read them the questions word for word ever because, you know, like we learned in Northwestern, you don't do that. But um, I do with almost every, with, with everyone, frankly, I interview sort of go over, hey, I'm going to ask you about this. I'm going to ask you about that. I'm going to ask you about that. And I do that because I'm actually really interested in the answers to the questions. I personally, and everyone's different, but I'm not a big fan of 
gotcha journalism, right? I don't need to to make a scene um, with anyone. I'm actually looking for information. Mm. So I want them to be thinking about the questions I'm answering. I'm asking. I want them to have answers, and I trust that I'm going to be able to ask the question in a way that isn't going to let them just gloss over it so I don't have to worry about, like, oh, if I tell them ahead of time, they won't really be honest. Um, I think it's good to to sort of prepare someone and say, hey, I'm going to ask you about X, Y, and Z. And by the way, when I said that to Mark Cuban, I didn't skip the hard stuff. I said, I'm going to ask you about this guy. I'm going to ask you about this guy. I'm going to ask you about what you did here and here and here. So he was ready for it. He knew why I was asking. I explained to him why I was asking that stuff. Um, and I personally, I, again, everyone's different, but I believe that makes for a good interview. And I think the product today, you know, hopefully bore that out a little bit. Rachel, the employees who were hurt and affected by the actions of his, his employees, Cuban apologized to the victims, but what more should Cuban do to make things right uh, for those people if he can do anything? Sure. I mean, I asked him today if he had, he apologized to the employees who still work there. I asked him if he had called any of the former employees, and he kind of danced around that, and so I asked it three different times. Um, that, um, you know, he said, oh, well, I don't really have all their names, and, you know, their privacy, and, you know, they're just, and it's true, if you read the report, it's sort of former employee Y, former employee 7, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, he, he certainly could have either the NBA or someone with the Mavericks reach out to these women and say, hey, Mark's open to talking if you want to. He could even just, I mean, he loves to give people his email address. He could tweet out or give people his email address and say, hey, if somebody who's in this report wants to get in touch with me, they can. Um, I think that he owes people an apology. And I think just going on TV and saying, I'm sorry, is, is, is nice. And as I said, it's important. It's not nothing. But if I was one of those women, I would want him to pick up the phone and call me personally. Rachel Nichols hosts The Jump. Again, if you didn't see the interview, um, she's tweeted out the link. You can follow her on Twitter. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's uh, clips of it on ESPN.com. It's everywhere. It's worth your time to watch. Uh, it's It was really good stuff and, and certainly really important. Uh, Rachel, before we let you go, uh, the news of the day is Jimmy Butler. We had Woj in here earlier talking about it. Um, what was your reaction to it? Um, just in general, the timing, the teams. Uh, he also felt that there could be more teams involved. What did you make of all of it? Uh, I, I'm perplexed by the timing. I, I'm not sure what changed this week, right? Like, what, what, what's happened? Nothing's happened. Jimmy's been in, we've seen Jimmy in Venice, we've, in Italy, we've seen him in, you know, globetrotting. I can't figure out what's happened that this happened now. Obviously, we know that Carl Anthony Towns, and you and I have talked about this on the jump, you know, hasn't signed his rookie extension yet. So, so it's possible there was a little bit of him or me from both of these camps of sort of wanting resolution from Tibbs about who's going to be favored. I don't know if it really works that way. I have asked some of the news reporters on, who have come on our show, hey, what do you absolutely know? about the relationships in that locker room because we get a lot of sort of, oh, people don't like each other, but I always worry with that. There's a little bit of an echo chamber with all of us and sort of, hey, I hear those guys don't like each other. Where'd you hear it? I heard it on this show. I heard it on the radio. You know what I mean? That I want to know exactly what's going on, and I frankly don't know that yet. Um, so maybe there's something that precipitated the timing of this, but it sure seems weird to me. And it demonstrates why it is not a great idea and I really like Tom Thibodeau. I think that, you know, he's capable in so many ways, but I do not think it's a good idea for a coach to also be running the organization. And I know how he got there, right? He did not like management and how they move things around for him in Chicago. But, you know, it's very well known how those that group of people didn't get along. So I know why he wanted in Minnesota to have full control. Remember the old expression with Bill Parcells, you're going to ask me to cook the meal. I want to be able to shop for the groceries. The problem is the person shopping for the groceries and the person cooking the meal don't always have the same interests. And I think that's what you're seeing with Jimmy Butler now because Tibbs, the coach, doesn't want to trade Jimmy Butler. 
right? He needs Jimmy Butler. Yeah. They need to make the playoffs again this year. They probably need to win a playoff series this year. But Tibbs, the GM, if he lets Jimmy Butler walk for nothing next summer, that's not good either. So I, I think what we're seeing is, is going to be a real push-pull in the coming months over who, who says what to who, whose role is sort of valued over whose, and that goes not only in the locker room but the front office. Rachel, so many big stories in the NBA this summer. Of course, you've spent a lot of time on LeBron James uh, coming to Los Angeles. <laughs> there, there's some interest in that. Oh, and... you guys have mentioned that? Wait, he, yeah. he came here? What? Yeah. So I have no idea. Thank you for letting me know. And you've uh, the reason that I put it in this context is that you've you've had you've had several different opinions about just what there's the whole thing that LeBron is 33, right? He's turning 34 December. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moves Lakers made, and some of the time when I'm watching that. So he came into the situation thinking about this four years, right? And I guess it's mm-hmm. three and he has the opt-out. So how do you square that after thinking about it all summer and heading into preseason about, okay, the young guys, who's the next guy that's going to sit next to him? Knowing what you know about LeBron, how do you think that this plays out as the season goes on? Um, I think there's going to be some moments that are pretty frustrating for him. And he says, he, 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 you know, he and I have talked about this both on camera and off, and he says, I think so too, <laughs> and I'm ready for it, and it's worth my investment, and it's, you know, a, a good, a good you know, I think this is the right move for me, and, and certainly, you know, only he knows how frustrated he's going to get. Um, but I think there will be times he's frustrated. I mean, look, this is not a, t- this is a team, he's not just, we talk about, oh, you need to have a super team in the NBA, he's not just the only elite, elite player on his team, he's the only all-star on this team. I mean, think about that. That That's how far the drop-off is. Um, and then you have a bunch of guys they brought in who look just, I mean, I'm not making a statement on their character. It's just a number of them have had problems in other places. Um, so that's going to be an issue. Uh, the wear and tear of travel in the West, I mean, we keep talking about the level of competition, and then it's certainly going to be higher in the West, but also the travel. Um, you know, I moved out here to California a couple years ago after living in the East my whole life, and, and i got to tell you, the difference between, oh, this flight's an hour, this flight's an hour and a half, this flight's 45 minutes, there's none of those from out here. Um, so, uh, you know, here to San Francisco, that's it. So so I, that's going to be a lot more wearing for him. And, and yes, I said on TV a bunch, he turns 34 at the end of this year, just a couple months from now. And it's to me, that's less about him, because the arc of his career is going to be the arc of his career, and he didn't win a title last year either. So, I mean, you know, if he doesn't win a title this year, okay. But, um, you know, He's a diminishing asset just by the nature of everyone is, right? So uh, for the Lakers to kind of waste this year, and not waste, I guess that's the wrong word, Lakers fans, I'm sorry, um, to sort of let this year go by and wait until he's turning 35 to pair him up with, like, say, someone like Kawhi or someone like that. To me, I would have made the move. I would have gone out and gotten Kawhi. I would have made the trade that San Antonio asked for. I'm not sure you even would have had to go quite that far if we look at what Toronto got. Um, I, I would have said, hey, let's not waste this year. Let's make a real run starting this year. Um, but we'll see. I mean, look, maybe they'll get maybe, maybe Clay Thompson will come. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm curious to see how this pans out because I think it's going to be a frustrating year and then he's going to go in some way. In some ways I think, look, they're going to make, I hope they make the playoffs because the, the, the arena is going to be amazing if they do. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think in some ways it'll be exciting, but I, I I would hate to be having the same conversation next September and be saying, well, he's turning 35 soon, 
and, and who knows what free agent they get next time. Well, you know, Rachel, Clay doesn't want to come to the Lakers because that means he has to hang around his dad no, more. Same flight. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine no. that? <laughs> what, are you, what are you eating yeah, there, boy? By the, way, by the way, I didn't pick that name out of the air. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> would, uh, Michael, would you guys share a room would just to save the, <laughs> save the team some money? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's a good idea. Question, because I've had a, a story repeated to me about you and your advice to Clay, and I want to know if it's true. What's that? Because, you know, you can't trust anything secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that you have advised Clay, and not in one particular instance, but just in general, um, appreciate being on a team where the team itself is fun and good and you like the group of guys and you're winning and that that uh, that you, I had heard you had told him that that you experienced that, and you, to you that has more value than go out and you know be the alpha and have your own team. Is that true? Is that something that you've told him and talked to him about? That is one hundred percent true. I we talked about it the other day about how special uh, this time is for the Warriors, how unique it is to be in this situation. This does not come along maybe once in a generation. The mm-hmm. Lakers had it in the eighties. Michael Jordan's Bulls had it, and for a while, of course, the San Antonio Spurs had it, and of course bill russell's celtics now the, the i told him now you i said clay you guys are in this period right now that's special you got something special unique going on so do not waste it do not take it for granted and make it run as for as long as possible and uh, realize how special this is and never take that for granted so yeah we talk about that all the time and how what a unique position the warriors are in right now and they better enjoy it while they're living in it because it does not last long and then he gets on his phone and goes on instagram right <laughs> oh, you really oh. know how to get to me, don't you, <laughs> Rachel? Know about that stuff, Ra- Rachel. Ra- random quick question for you: Just to tell me what these people have in common. Beyonce and Jay Z, George and Amal Clooney, Roger and Merka Federer, J Lo and Mark Antony, Rachel Nichols uh, and husband, Mike Trudell and wife, and now Russell Westbrook and his wife. Everyone has twin oh. girls, baby. Twin girls? Well, oh, twins. 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 Yeah, twins, twins. twins. A lot of girls twins. in there. All right, all right. I, I didn't keep it. Ex- yeah. Okay, fine. But, but, but yeah, twins, everyone nonetheless. Everyone has twins. Yeah. I'm sorry. Russ just announced they were both girls, so that's what I was getting, yeah, yeah. I was getting ahead of myself. But, but I mean, yeah. the twins, twins, it's twins becoming girls. cooler and cooler. Everybody wants to be like us now. We are so cool. Can I tell my favorite Clay Thompson story, and then I'll let you guys get sure. move on to other people and subjects on your radio show? Yeah. Um, is that when Boogie, they gave the press conference with Boogie Cousins uh, this summer, and uh, he said, my favorite warrior is Clay Thompson, and they went on and on and on about how Clay's the coolest guy and all this stuff. And then somebody asked Bob Myers, um, you know, did you talk to the guys? Was this okay with Steph, with, with Draymond, with everyone to bring you know, boogie in, you're obviously another ingredient into the locker room. He's a strong personality. He goes, yep, we checked with everyone, talked to everyone. Well, we texted Clay, but we never heard from him because, you know, it's Clay. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's true, man. He's, he, does his, he does his parents like that, too. Said, Clay, didn't you see my text? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rachel, when your girls are teenagers, they can do the same to you. Are you and George and Trudell, you guys laugh you now. Wait till your kids <laughs> get, get to be 18, yeah, 19, fair, 20. Fair enough. Touche. Yes. And we got you, Michael. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. Right. Thank you very much, Rachel. Appreciate it. There it is, Rachel Nichols. Go on her Twitter. Um, the Mark Cuban interview is there. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, the great Rachel Nichols, the jump each and every day at noon on ESPN. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I want to unpack some of the stuff that she said there about LeBron because uh, I think those are legitimate questions. There are going to be some frustrations. Nothing is ever a smooth line. Oh, um, plus, I don't agree with that. We've got some LeVar Ball news. Really? I miss LeVar. Or how about this? LeVar Ball speculation. All right. How about that? That we're going to get to coming up in just just a second.